Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Kensington Unitarian's weekly Sunday gathering here on Zoom. For those of you I've not met before, my name's Sarah Tinker, and I'm the recently retired uh, minister of this Kensington Unitarian's congregation. Welcome to congregation members, to friends and visitors from far and near. I know so many of us are longing, aren't we, to be together again in person and uh, to meet up with folks. But there is a certain benefit, I think, in these uh, meetings in the digital realm, connecting with one another across physical distances. And it's really good to see your lovely faces there in the gallery. I also bid a really warm welcome to anyone who will be watching this video sometime in the future, listening into a podcast or reading the script online. There are many ways to join in. And if you are new to this community, well, do get in touch and send us an email if you'd like to. And do feel free to join in, all of you, at a level that feels comfortable for you today. There are two hymn singing opportunities. There's a chance for a few people to light a candle and say a few words. But it's fine to just sit back and relax. Even turn your camera off if you prefer or if you need to move around and have a stretch. Our theme today with the title Counters In will weave together the fact that it's Mothering Sunday here in the UK and that next Sunday is Census Day here, when by law we have to fill out a form and say where we are that night. All of this touches, I think, on the deep and for many of us, the lifelong question of, well, who are we? The shaping of our identity. My hope is that something in this gathering of ours will be helpful to you in some way, perhaps sparking off a new thought or a new perspective on your life's journey. So I invite us all to take a moment now, to take a conscious breath. And as we breathe out, to know that we have arrived here and now. Let's imagine the connections between us all across time and space and the way that love in its so many forms shapes our existence, forging connections of the heart. As I light our chalice flame, a single flame connecting us with Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist communities the world over, part of a progressive, contemporary and also historic faith community. And I have some opening words for us now, written by Richard Gilbert. And, and for me, they express the value of community, the congregating with others in community where care can be expressed and received. He writes, come, come into our circle of caring. Come into this community of gentleness, of justice and love. Come and you shall be refreshed. Let the healing power of this gathering surround you. Let loving, joy and kindness be within you and let hope infuse you and peace be the law of your heart. In this human circle, caring is a calling and all of us are called. So come into the circle of caring. 
And so I invite you to do what, what works best for you to get yourself in, in a state of body and mind that allows you to focus. You might close your eyes or soften your gaze, whatever assists you to be fully present with yourself, with each other, and with that larger presence which enfolds us all. Great Spirit, God of our hearts and our understanding, Oh, be with us this day and guide, guide us to paths of love. I ask for a blessing on all those who care, on all friends and neighbours, co-workers, on those whose job it is to care for others, social workers, carers, medical staff. May all parents, grandparents, teachers, those who take on the important task of raising future generations, may they be blessed. And bless the world's children with good enough care that each and every child might receive the basics for their upbringing, that no child needs suffer for lack of care. Clean water, adequate food, access to education and health care, and most importantly, love and affection. Or if there is anything practical we can do to ease the troubles of others, or may we find the motivation to do that which needs to be done. And I invite each of us in a moment of stillness to give silent thanks for those who have shown care towards us. Those who have taught us the meaning of love and compassion. Those who have touched our lives and influenced us and helped us develop into the unique individuals we are. And because we are people who care, the troubles of our wider world are ever present to us. So let us pray for all who suffer this day. Those who live in situations of tyranny and oppression. Those whose lives are blighted by warfare. the people of the Yemen starving because of civil war and seemingly ignored by our world community. 
those trapped by the insurgency in Mozambique. And all of us affected here in Britain by news of yet another dreadful crime of violence towards a woman. In a time of shared silence now, there may be other people and places also in your minds. Let's send our thoughts and prayers. And may we, each of us in our different unique ways, find our ways to follow a path of love in the days ahead. Love for ourselves, love for others, love for this precious world in which we live, and love for the gift of life itself, this day and all days. Amen. So there's an opportunity to sing a hymn now. It's, it's called Sacred the Body. And, and if you would rather just read the words that are going to appear on the screen soon, of course, that's fine. And they are particularly moving words for any of us concerned about coercion and violence in human relationships. There's a line that goes, love touches gently, never coercing, and love leaves the other with power to choose. Well, may that be so for everyone here on earth. So we'll all now be muted here on Zoom. So do join in singing at home if you would like to, Sacred the Body.
So this this little bit of the um, service is a is a reflection on identity. I mentioned at the start that the theme shaping our gathering today concerns identity. That question of who we are, how we identify ourselves, it arises, doesn't it, from time to time in life. And when we consider identity at a deeper level, the more it may become apparent to us that, well, we make much of this up, that our lives are constructed through stories, the stories others tell of us and the stories we tell of ourselves. Which of us, I wonder, does not have at least one label still from childhood or young adulthood that sticks to this day for good or ill? You know the kind of family stories. We might be the sickly one or the clever one, the messy one or the entertaining one, a grump or a ray of sunshine, the quiet one or the one who can always sort something out. And we learn this habit of storytelling about ourselves and others early on, and we continue it, many of us, throughout our lives. But they are, to some extent, stories that we choose, either, un either consciously or consci unconsciously, to live into. And one of the fascinating things about us humans, I think, is our ability to become something, someone, different perhaps by going on holiday or by finding a new interest or hobby, um, a new friend, a new job. Our identities then can start to feel a little lighter, less fixed. We can gain new perspectives and consider ourselves and life itself in a different light. By loosening our hold on our fixed identity, we can start to expand into the infinite creatures of potential that we truly are. The Sufi holy fool Mullah Nasruddin might be able to show us the way. And this story that I'm about to tell possibly comes from one of the outtakes of this week's controversial Oprah Winfrey ad interview with a famous royal couple. See what you think. Could they have told Oprah this particularly revelatory tale? It tells of a day when Mullah Nasruddin was so very hungry and he found himself walking past the palace. And peering inside, he saw that there was a great wedding feast going on in honour of the son, Prince Harry, and his wife, Meghan. Nasruddin was so hungry that he slipped into the banqueting hall and found an empty place, not realising at first that he was actually sitting now next to the Queen herself. She politely turned to the mullah and asked him who he was. Are you a foreign diplomat? She inquired. No, he replied. I rank above a diplomat. Are you a leader of a country? No, I rank way above a leader of a country. Oh, do you run the United Nations? The by now confused queen asked. No, I am above the Secretary General of the United Nations, Nasruddin calmly replied. Then you must be God, the queen replied, with perhaps a tinge of sarcasm now in her royal voice. No, said Nasruddin, I'm above that. There is nothing above God shouted the queen, now thoroughly rattled by him. And Nasruddin replied, now you know who I am. That nothing is me. And with that, so the story goes, the queen and Nasruddin, they settled back to enjoy the wedding feast. And we can perhaps settle comfortably back in the realization that answering the question of who we truly are is at least the work of an unfolding lifetime. 
and I'll hand over now to you, Janine. Uh, Janine Powell's going to lead us in an inclusive meditation for Mothering Sunday. So, as Sarah said, we're moving into the meditative part of our gathering now. We'll have some words to guide us into stillness. Then there'll be a video of our chalice flame to focus on. And after about three minutes of silence, the video will show our clarinet player, Benji Del Rosario, playing the beautiful Sky Boat song. This meditation considers how many varied meanings the concept of mothering will have in a group such as ours. If any of these words don't feel right for you, feel free to let them go and choose your own focus for meditation. The aim of the words is to try and include many possible situations with regards to mothering. And yet, inevitably, some aspect of human existence will be left out. Please add your own particular life experience or use this time in a way that is most helpful and healing for you. A traditional approach to Mother's Day may paint an over rosy picture of what is such a key human relationship. Our Unitarian approach is to bring all human experiences in to attempt to include us all. So let's get ourselves into a comfortable position. Feel free to turn off your video if that helps. Enjoy that feeling of resting in your chair if you're sitting down. The sense of the earth beneath you. Slip your shoes off if you like whatever feels right for you. Maybe have a stretch. Perhaps lift your shoulders up and let them circle back and down, letting go of any tension you might be aware of. With eyes open or closed, your facial muscles eased and relaxed. Let's take a breath in and breathe into a connection. Connection with ourselves, with our bodies, with our heart, with the light and love that we embody.
And in this more rested state, I invite you to consider Mothering Sunday, traditionally a time of celebration and a time for gratitude for the gift of life that mothers bring. Yet we know that mothering, like all human endeavors, is a complex, messy, sometimes wounded area of our lives. We remember that no two people have the same experience and that for many people, Mother's Day can be a painful time, a time when they may feel excluded and even alienated. Let us therefore open our minds and our hearts to those who, for whatever reason, have not known their own mother. For those whose mothers died when they were too young to remember them. For mothers who had to give up their children or had them taken from them for some reason, some of whom may never have been able to reveal the secret of their motherhood. For those affected by stillbirths, by the agony of the death of children. For those who are unable to have children of their own. For those who have chosen not to have children. For those whose lives have been blighted by parental cruelty or abandonment. For those of whatever gender and identity who raise children as single parents. For those who are painfully aware of their inadequacies as parents. And for those whose mothers are ill, infirm, or who have died. We know that none of us here is without some pain or error. May we hold all these people, all of us, and all the multitude of human experiences in our thoughts and in our hearts. In the quiet time we will share now, 
May we honour the complexity and variety of human experience and honour our human ability to care for one another. Let's enter a quiet time together now with our chalice flame, which will end with our instrumental music.
So thank you, Janine, for that meditation and to Benji and Peter for that beautiful piece of music. Uh, now, there's just a short, um, a short piece about the census. The, the, the holding of a census here in the UK, it goes back to 1801 when the first attempt to count the population was made. And a census has been held every 10 years since then, except um, in World War II. And by law here in Britain, we all have to record where we sleep the night of uh, Sunday, the 21st of March, next Sunday. The count is based upon uh, households and it's the householder who fills in the form online or on paper. Back in 1981, uh, I worked as a census enumerator, helping people in a small part of Shropshire to fill in their forms. And at that experience, well, it's left me with a, a great fondness for this statistical exercise and for the data that it gathers. Because as any statistician will tell you, your data, your numbers, your collected information, they're, they're dependent upon well-crafted questions. And the census questions are altered a bit each decade. So the census no longer asks us if we have an outside toilet, but it does ask us a voluntary question about sexual orientation. And it's worth telling people that everyone in a household has the right to request a code that will enable them to fill out their section of the form individually and privately if they wish. There are two other sections that I wanted to draw to everyone's attention. The first is a section on nationality where you can choose more than one nationality this time. And if you scroll down, there's a box for other. And some people who are mourning our legal separation from Europe are using that box to declare themselves European as well as some other nationality. Um, the second section where I have a special interest is the voluntary question about religion. Now the Humanist UK organization is I think right to point out that this is a really leading question, the way that it's been written. The way that it's put by the ONS, the uh, Office for National Statistics, seems to assume that people have a religious identity. So the census data on religious affiliation is therefore seen by social scientists as an overestimate of religious affiliation in this country. But there is a box for other at the end of the list. And this is the chance for us Unitarians to make a stand and fill in our name proudly. Now, even with my vigorous campaigning, we'll still be completely statistically insignificant. We're going to be painfully outnumbered by the Jedi warriors who created themselves as a religion back in the 2001 census and achieved over 330,000 adherents. But do have a think when you're filling out your form and see if writing Unitarian in that other box means something to you. When I filled in my form, I, I've completed it early, partly so I knew what I was talking about for today's service, and partly because like most of us in these long days of lockdown, I'm pretty sure I won't be sleeping any place other than home next Sunday night. And when I reached the religion question, I stopped to think of how this little religious community of Unitarianism has shaped my life. 
From the day that I noticed a Unitarian chapel round the corner from where I'd moved to in Sheffield, I felt welcomed in a quirky, flawed, yet heartwarmingly inclusive community of spiritual seekers. I felt proud of our campaigning with the Quakers and the liberal Jewish communities to achieve equal marriage here in the UK, something that really did not seem possible just a few years earlier. And Kensington Unitarians still, I think, are the only religious building registered to conduct same-sex marriage ceremonies here in the uh, London borough of Kensington and Chelsea. And our inclusive and progressive campaigning on the issue of assisted dying may be slowly gaining ground in our community. Yet we are still the only religious organization here in Britain to have actually voted to support a change in legislation on this difficult yet surely humane matter. So if Unitarianism or indeed any other faith has made a difference to your life, do think about filling in that box on the census form. And let's all take that moment when we reach the religion section to remember how fortunate we are to live somewhere where we are free to follow our faith, any faith, and where we can declare ourselves as atheists, Jedi Knights, pagans, agnostics, Unitarians even. And yes, I am sure in our community like any other, there will be individuals amongst us who dislike the idea of being counted. I found a delightful story this week about the artist Jen W. Turner, who so loathed the idea that in 1841, he took a rowing boat out for the night onto the River Thames so as to avoid being counted. Nowadays, that wouldn't excuse him. And maybe we benefit by being part of something and by asserting our identity in various ways. So do let me know how it feels for you when you fill in that census form. And if you live in another country, I'd be fascinated to hear if your census asks about religion and about sexual orientation. Let me end these few thoughts by reading a couple of verses from the hymn that we'll have a chance to sing in a moment. It's called Our Town, Ours is a Town for Everyone. Ours is a town where every faith, all creeds of hope and peace can worship freely, yet recall we are one human race. Ours is a town where side by side, in friendship and goodwill, we'll build a place where all can be respected and fulfilled. Worthy aims, hey, and still so much to be achieved. So we can sing again together now, alone and together here on Zoom, when we'll all be safely muted. And this hymn is a cheery one with a message of inclusion. It's sung by the Unitarian Music Society for us to sing along with. Thanks to them for this recording. And it really is fine just to listen if you'd rather. Or have a leg stretch around your room.
So uh, time for some announcements now. As always, much gratitude to our Zoom hosts, Janine and John, without whom these services just could not happen. And thanks to Janine for our meditation today, that was beautiful. And to Peter Crockford and Benji Del Rosario for great music today. There are plenty of opportunities to keep in touch in the week ahead. I think there are a few places left for heart and soul this evening. Let Jane Blackall know if you'd like to come along to a particularly lovely spiritual gathering online. And this week's theme is appreciation. And well, I'd like to appreciate Jane for setting up these gatherings for contemplation and connection. And for the fact that she and others have been running these weekly for a whole year now. There's a coffee morning at 10.30 on Tuesday, and next Sunday, Jane will be leading us 10 a.m. service. Do drop us an email if you're quite new to our Sunday gatherings. It's always good to hear from people. Uh, this coming Friday is the uh, at least theoretic deadline for the creative journal on the subject of home. This is open to absolutely everybody, and I know we've got some great artists and writers in this community. You could write something creative or factual, draw or paint or take photos on the theme of home. I also want to advertise next Saturday's West London Green Spirit event, which is a spring equinox retreat taking place on Zoom. That's the 20th of March from 3 to 5 p.m. The details are in our weekly email or if you stay after the service, you could have a chat with David Carter or me to find out more. It'll include time together, a guided meditation, and time alone with reflective activities of your choice, exploring themes of the spring equinox of clearing, planting, and emerging. And we'll be asking what helps us rebalance in changing times. Thank you to all those of you who've made a donation recently or taken out a standing order. Every bit helps, doesn't it, in these challenging times for all organisations and charities. If you want to make a quick payment, just go to our Kensington Unitarians website on the front page. There's a donate button to click on or you'll find the details that you need to make an online banking payment or set up that standing order. At the end of this service, after our closing music, we'd like to take a photo. So do stick around for that, if that's OK with you. And we invite you to stay for a chat over a cuppa afterwards, too, if you don't need to dash off. And for our closing words now, I suggest that we all click on gallery view on our screens so that we can see us all in community together. And so, I extinguish our chalice flame, but not the warmth of this community. And let us take this warmth and this sense of loving connection back into our wider world, a world that yearns for a message of inclusivity and acceptance. And may each of us in the week ahead have a sense of being part of something greater than ourselves. May we live by our values and by our principles and be people who others can count upon. And may this be for the greater good of all. Amen. Go well, all of you, and blessed be.